A reading from Luke 23, beginning at verse 44. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. This is the word of the Lord. So the last words of Jesus on the cross, and I hope you see this, begin in the same way as the first, Father. And that tells us this experience of the cross has done nothing to change Jesus' understanding of who he is or what he has accomplished. He still knows that he's the son. That word father tells us this. He still knows that he's the savior and he's still in conversation with the father. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, we should pray without ceasing, pray at all times and in all circumstances. And even on the cross, Jesus prays. He's been praying throughout this experience. Paul also says in 2 Timothy that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful. And as with so many of these words that we've heard from the cross, it's another quote from scripture. Jesus is always praying and always quoting and always fulfilling. And this time it's Psalm 31, verse 5, where the psalmist says, Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Psalm 31.5 is a prayer. It was often used by Jews at night before they went to sleep. And if you're the kind of person that uses a book of common prayer and prays liturgical prayers sometimes at night, if you've used Compline from the Book of Common Prayer, you will be familiar with this. You'll have said these very words every night. This is a prayer of surrender and faith. And what the prayer says is, no matter what strength I might think I have when I'm awake, I can do all these things. What I know is that I cannot protect myself while I'm asleep. And so the prayer looks forward and it says, Father, please you look after me while I sleep. Sleep is given to us to remind us of our vulnerability and our need for the Father. In this prayer, it looks backward and it says, you know, I've seen you do this before. I know that you will look after me while I sleep because you always have. The faith for the future is credible because it is based upon the evidence and the experience of the past. Now, atheists would have us believe that faith is blind we just make it up and we take a leap of faith. But often what I've seen is that a strong faith is not made up. It's built upon evidence and experience. And Jesus can pray this prayer with certainty because he's seen the Father before. He's seen the Father at work, hasn't he? So many times before. It's still astonishing for Jesus to pray it now, though. Because ordinarily, this is a prayer for the living. The Jewish prayer obviously assumed as they got ready for bed 
and prayed through Psalm 31, into your hand I commit my spirit, that they were going to wake up the next day. Otherwise the prayer makes little sense, but Jesus is not going to bed. He is going to the grave. The dead do not wake up the next day. It's a prayer of the living. It's also ordinarily a prayer of the redeemed. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. It's something that that only somebody with a, a very good relationship with God would be able to pray. It's a prayer of the innocent. It's the prayer of the one who has kept the law or because no one has, has been forgiven by the law. It's the prayer of someone who is right with God. But Jesus is not right with God. He's about to be declared guilty by the law and cursed. On the cross, Christ is condemned for us under the law. He takes on the sin of the world. He becomes sin for us. He drinks from the cup of God's wrath. He is the sacrificial lamb, the sin offering, the atonement, the propitiation, a curse for us. How many different ways can we put this to say that Jesus Christ dies a guilty man? That's the point of the cross. Crushed under the full condemnation of the law. There's never been a more guilty man. Yet from death and guilt, a very real death, a very full guilt. Jesus prays this prayer because he anticipates both life and vindication. In light of Easter Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I think this prayer is not merely a hope, but a victory speech. That's what the Bible means when it uses the word hope, something concrete, even certain. Hebrews 11 says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Jesus is confident. And even the pagan eyewitnesses, those characters who've been on the edge and have come in a little bit closer and started to see something new, even the pagan eyewitnesses start to get this. The soldier, there to kill a common criminal, remarks on Jesus' unprecedented innocence. Certainly, this man was innocent, he says, and he praises God. The Roman soldier finds the presence of God so palpable on Calvary that in spite of this being a criminal's death and shamed in front of the religious elite, somehow it looks to this soldier as though it is Jesus who is righteous and therefore they who are on trial. The soldier tastes victory. The soldier takes a new side. He commends his spirit into the hand of the faithful father as well. This Easter weekend, I invite you to do the same. Amen. Lord God, we thank you so much for these seven last words of Christ from the cross. And as we've been listening to these and praying, Father, I ask that we would start to see yet more of the glory and the wonder of the cross. Father, please lead us to repentance and faith. And Father, please give us an assurance of our salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ. 
Amen.